Oh, baby. It's been so long since we've done this format. Definitely a casual Friday. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the DMVR Douglas podcast. <laughs> that was a very owl-like uh, air horn from our friend, the Serbian homie, Miroslav Chuk. Miroslav, how are you today? Miroslav Chuk. That's, that's how it sounds. Very good, very good, my man. Very good. What's Kale, up you got to switch us. I'm used to being on the left side, and it's fall- it's throwing me off that armor. There we go. This is perfect. Uh, guys, the fellas are on vacation. They got a vacation early. What did Doc Rivers say yesterday about his team? They all feel like they're in Cabo already. Well, our, the DNVR Nuggets fellas are already in Cabo, Miroslav. They, there's still a day of work, but they're already their minds are elsewhere. Yeah, they've been in Cabo for a couple of days. Let's be honest. <laughs> It's so true, man. Did you see that performance the other day? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What's he going to do? What are you going to do? No, but I'm glad to be joined by the homie Miroslav. If you don't know, he hosts our weekend show, always an off-day show, Serbian Corner with the homie Miroslav. He does the show completely differently. has a lot of people on from the DNVR Nuggets world. It's always cool to get a little bit of a different perspective. So if you haven't checked that out recently, check it out. It's really, really cool. On today's show, we're going to talk about – it's a nice break in the season. And we're going to talk about the matchup the Nuggets have against every single team out West. Because at the moment, they might there's no team that you can count out that they would play. Whether it's first round, second round, or third round, it's possible for them to play any team in the Western Conference. So I think it'll be nice to go a little bit deeper than normal and talk about what we feel those matchups will look like so we can maybe start to fret or get excited about how these standings start shaping up after the break. But I want to start, before we get into that, Miroslav, it's funny. It's the word of the show, nadir. The Nuggets are in the season's biggest nadir heading into the All-Star break. And with that comes some negative vibes. So I'm curious just what you think the state of the uh, the team is right now and how worried are you? I'm not worried, but I, I am annoyed a lot. And what you mentioned, there are nine possible teams the Nuggets can play in the first round and any rounds after that. Uh, in the West, and that's because they are in this nadir, because if they haven't lost these three games, we would feel pretty comfortable, you know, about them being at least like a top two, top three seed, and now when it's completely open, everything is anything is possible. So yeah, more annoyed than than worried, but it it, it would be nice to to get some firm grip on, on their game when the break uh, finishes. So part of what I always do whenever the Nuggets are in a rut is you kind of try to step outside yourself and look at the other teams and just say, okay, how how do I feel about teams in similar similar spots as the Nuggets? And the Nuggets are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, which is not very good, and obviously a three-game losing streak. The Thunder are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Probably hadn't even thought about that. You know what I mean? Like you just think of like, no, the body of work for the Thunder all year is greater than this little rut that they're in. If you go to the other side, the Knicks have lost now four in a row. They're five and five in their last 10. The Bucks are three and seven. Now, one of those wins came against the Nuggets, but one of those losses came to Memphis. I think they lost to the Spurs. They have some ugly ones. Obviously, the 76ers have been in a tailspin. They're three and seven. The Pacers are five and five. The Heat are six and four. So I do think that this is one of those things where you can get so into your own team and you're like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like this or that. But all those other teams are also in the exact spot of Denver where they have some uncharacteristic losses in the last two weeks. And it's so easy to dismiss it as, yeah, but they're going to be fine. Yeah, it's just that out of those five games they've lost in the last 10, three of them were blowouts. And that that lowers their net rating in that period as well. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they have had a worse net rating than Detroit Pistons in the last 10 games, which is pretty crazy to see. But it always on on three uh, three games. And you can say that they have uh, let off uh, the rope uh, too often recently. Like Michael Malone's team, teams usually do not let let off the rope. You know, after after halftime. So, and and that's something we saw against Milwaukee, for instance. Yeah. So, those are the things that that really annoy me. At the moment, when they lose a game by thirty, it actually feels better than when they lose <laughs> in a, in the last second because it's easier to to comprehend, I guess, or or right. uh, get in peace with. But but 
in in all reality this is what the nuggets do i mean it's not not the first time they've done it they will uh, they will hide somehow under the radar by by having these really awful games during the season and nobody's you know taking them as as the biggest favorites although with the championship in their pocket now everybody's honestly like yeah but but we know they they can go to that <laughs> right for sure more more than we do actually yeah i've said this before miroslav but the nuggets they do the easy part hard and the hard part easy and the thing they do well is obviously high basketball iq good ball movement you know that half court offense which is usually the toughest thing they do that in their sleep and the the part that's supposed to be easy is the athleticism fast breaking, you know, that kind of stuff that other teams, they like Giannis doesn't have to wake up and ask if he's athletic today. He's like, Nope, I'm athletic every day of my life. I am the most athletic guy on the court. And so I think that there is a different challenge for the nuggets. And it's one of the reasons that they're so inconsistent is while Giannis can't really, without an injury, can't lose his athleticism, the nuggets can lose their rhythm and they're really good, better than most teams at not losing it, but it's still an easier thing to lose than, than speed and, agility and those types of things so i think that's one of the reasons and then you get into this break you go a couple guys down you're right around the corner from a break and i just think the nuggets lost their rhythm it's very clear they lost the rhythm and when they lose their rhythm it's very easy to then look at their flaws and say oh they are so flawed here but the truth is their rhythm is you know overlooks a lot of those flaws it's part of what makes them so great so that's why i think as we remove ourselves from these three games they did not look like a team that anybody should believe in to win a championship. But at the same time, they're as good as anyone at being two different teams and you shouldn't judge them on the bad version of themselves. Yeah. One thing they are different comparing to last season's team is they have less ball handlers. They yeah. did have Bruce yeah. Brown last year and that's a big thing because they only have two NBA level point guards right now. And, and that's a problem. If you lose one of them, like we right. lost, Jamal in this last game, it's a really big problem. They don't have the TJ McConnell, you know, like a third string point guard like Indiana does. So that's yeah. that's basically the, the the biggest problem there. And and uh, I hope we won't uh, get into into those situations in the playoffs because things could get rough pretty fast. But they we, they didn't last year in terms of losing rhythm, and that's something that to kind of remind yourself of and to be kind of you know confident about is the Nuggets. They in the playoffs last year, there weren't that many games. In fact, the only game after game four of the Sun Series where the Nuggets lost rhythm was game two of the finals. And I think that came from a little bit of Murray feeling himself, you know, whatever. But the Nuggets had a great rhythm in every game of the uh, Lakers series. And even when they didn't for like, say, a half, they found it and was good enough to win. And they had it in the finals. So part of me goes... I think the Nuggets should be trusted to be the best version of themselves. And honestly, this is why I don't get mad at people when they doubt yo doubted Jokic or doubted the Nuggets as a whole before they won the title, in large part because I was like, yeah, if you caught the wrong game or if you only caught five, six, seven games and half of them they looked bad, I too wouldn't believe in them. But we watch them enough to know that they can channel it a little bit better when they need to. Um, by the way, you mentioned the ball, multiple ball handlers and TJ McConnell. Bruce Brown... The last game was Toronto versus Indiana. Bruce Brown really killed TJ McConnell. His worst game of the whole year, in large part, because you know Bruce Brown was his former teammate, and I'm sure he's like, man, this guy, come on. Like, I know all of his weakness. He's not that good. He just got into him and, and forced him into turnovers. It was it was noteworthy, I thought. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce has that dog in him. All right, let's go through these, Miroslav. We'll get into it because we have a lot to get to. Let's start with the Golden State Warriors. You've been listening to the show lately. I'm scared of the Warriors. The Warriors have that in them. Like the Nuggets where we're talking about they can channel their best version. The Warriors can't channel it every night like the Nuggets can should they choose to. At least they haven't proven to. But when they do, it looks incredible. And I feel like they are finding some clarity with guys like Kaminga, guys like Pajenski. They got my guy, Gary Payton, back. So just off the top, is this a team that you uh, scares you more or less than the average eight seed or lower seed? Uh, well, I guess they do scare me more than the average eight seed. But on the other hand, like they they have Steph who is Steph is great, and yeah. th there is no problems with him. Clay is having a really bad season, but if you take a look at the, his numbers, he's still shooting like 
37% for three on, on almost nine attempts per game. Yeah. That's a lot of that, that's I'm I'm just looking here at the at the matchups for the playoffs on both sides, and I can tell you the Warriors are tiny. That's the biggest issue for them on defense. And and also uh, I think Denver can cover the, the the Warriors pretty well defensively, better than, than seasons before. It's just that if you put KCP on, on Steph and you put uh, can you put MPJ on Clay and and feel well about that? I think MPJ has always been a guy that is really bad in this specific matchup because it's off ball. Like MPJ's defense is good as when he can play the low man, he's actually really good at it. Teams try not to let him play the low man because he's so long. And then he can guard an isolation better than people expect. But if you make him move off ball through screens or in pick and roll, he's really, really, really bad. And that's all they do. They don't ISO you. They just run around and run guys. So I, to me, I actually think that's one of the reasons I don't like this matchup is I don't think it's an MPJ defensively. I don't think it's an MPJ matchup. Yeah. So you you would have to you would have to rely a lot on on Pivot then, or Christian Brown or yeah. I mean, you would have to go to somebody else. And that's the thing is, I I think that the MPJ minutes would get MPJ is an X factor, right? He can win you a game with his shot making, but you need to be able to you know, not really have to go out of your way to find those points and defensively has to hold his own. And I just don't know if, I think that would be his, one of his worst defensive series would be that series. Yeah. But on the other side, what do you have to, to throw it at Jokic? You, you can try to, to do two guys like, like with uh, Looney and with Looney and Draymond, but is, is Looney actually going to start in the playoffs now that they have Kuminga playing really well? lately and starting a lot of games as well so i think that they would probably still have to play big against denver so this is the pro the the con is you know what i just mentioned i think that mpj would be tough on i think even Jokic would be really tough on as good as he is look at steph curry is going to draw him out he's going to be out there i think the warriors will have games and have quarters where they hit haymakers that would be a series where I think Denver would trail by 15, 20 points in a game at some point. And every time they did, they would have a chance to come back against that team. But it's just the type of team that can go on those major runs and, and, and gain momentum. But to your point, they have the Warriors turnaround this year has come. One, when they started telling Clay, like, you, you know, your minutes are no longer guaranteed. We're going a different route. And then two, when they just decided to play small, Looney, as great as Looney has been, and as important as he has been to that team. He's barely playing 11 minutes a game. And you can't do that against Yoke. Draymond would be a great, I mean, Draymond at center against Yoke scares me in like the last three minutes of a game because he's going to get away with murder in those minutes. And like, he is a really good defender. If you can hate him, but he's a really good defender. So it would scare me a little bit, but I think they would have to bring Looney out and change. And like, that's not why they've won. We don't know actually if they can win with that style because they haven't really won like that this year. Do, do you feel Dario Saric might play a lot in that series no he is like so the problem with the Rui adjustment in my opinion tell me if you agree is that Rui is not a good enough feeling fill-in for the guy that you need to do that Carl Anthony Towns is a good enough guy by simply by virtue of his size yeah. right he's, he's not that he's a good defender but he can at least do that Rui even PJ Tucker who's one of those guys that can get away with murder I don't think Dario Saric is that guy and I don't think he's the off-ball guy. So if you put Draymond on Jokic and then had Dario Saric off, I, he's not going to like scare Jokic as a weak side rim protector. So no, I mean, I think you would have to be Looney and Draymond, and I don't think there's a single other combo on that roster. Yeah, and I, I kind of like that combo because I believe Looney is not as good as he was uh, in previous seasons. It, it, it feels to me like like he's having a bit of a drop-off yeah. there. As you said, he's sure. playing less and less minutes, and it... I mean, if he would be a starter in the playoffs, he would surely be the starter with the least uh, points per game of all the players playing, playing in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I'm, but again, I think in a Nugget series, he plays like 25 minutes a game. I think in every other series, he plays yeah. Jeff Green minutes last year. Yeah, that's true. Some games he won't even play at all. Um, all right, so what else? So what, what would be the prediction then? for this kind of series. I, I would say that this one would be Nuggets in five, and I would feel pretty confident about it, but it would be explosive. 
So if like Denver would have the ability to lose, or I should say the Warriors would have the ability to win a game one, and then it would be totally flip the series. So it's one of those ones where I think Denver, as long as they avoid any, you know, any momentum shifts, I think Denver is going to be able to control that game. But Steph Curry goes for 50 points in game one. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're on our heels. They're confident. They're a team that they're a bit of, they've always been a bit of a front running team, honestly. And I, so I think that you have to keep them away from that 14, uh, that front running. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I would, I would take the Nuggets in five as well. Okay. And let us know in the chat. I'm very curious what the chat thinks about this one as we go through all of these. Is there any other X factors to this series that you uh, that you could see? Mur- I mean, Murray scares me with Gary Payton. Gary Payton's a good defender, but I don't think they have enough great defenders for him. M- Murray uh, scares me with anybody because of his <laughs> first series uh, woes. So yeah. I, I, I would really like for the Nuggets to get a relatively easy first round so, so Jamal can can get into his full playoff shape right. but yeah th- there's we're gonna read off some some teams with some really good uh outside yeah. defense that that might scare me all righty let's take a break on the other side though we're gonna start getting we're gonna go in reverse order so i'm just gonna work up the standings the next one is the lakers not gonna say anything nice about them the entire time i doubt Miroslav will as well but first i gotta tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. You know how long they've been with us since the beginning of the NBA. Literally, our day one homies, Breckenridge Brewery. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to be down in Mexico. So you know what? I'll probably be doing some lagers this week. Maybe even a fun slinger. Maybe even some hard seltzers. They are telling me that right now the beer of the month is my personal favorite, Avalanche uh, Amber. Um, Avalanche Amber Ale. It's my favorite Breckenridge Brewery. And dare I say my favorite beer overall. I call it official beer of fall, but you know what? We haven't had a big winter. It's kind of been fall-like weather all winter. So check out the Breckenridge Brewery. Go to breckbrew.com to find a beer new year near you by using the Breck Brew locator. Also, I want to tell you guys about American Financing. This is a new partner of ours. And I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, I used to work in the mortgage business for 10 years. I was actually in the real estate business, but the mortgage business, obviously hand in hand with that. And I always tell people buying and owning a home is one of the best things you can do. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to get into a home. And I'm not trying to undermine it. I know that it's not possible for everybody, but a lot of people think it's harder than it actually is. The first step is always calling somebody like American Financing. Uh, They can help you figure it out. You call them and say, hey, I just want to know if I qualify for a home. What is it I need to know? What type of info? And they'll walk you through everything, ask you a series of questions. Um, Sometimes they can do it right over the phone. Just ask a series of questions, maybe 15, 20 minute phone call. Other times they'll start to ask for documents as you go through the process a little bit further, but they'll help you. And if you don't qualify, they'll let you know, okay, here's what you need to know. You're short here, here, and here. But if you do this, this, and this over the next year or two, then you will qualify. It's one of the best things you can do. It's easier than people think, and it's made even easier with American Financing. So call American Financing, and if you call today, you may be uh, able to delay two mortgage payments on your current mortgage if you're looking to refinance your current loan. Call today and tell them DNVR sent you by calling 303-695-7000. That's 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. All right, we are back here with the homie Miroslav. Let's go to the Lakers. They are the nine seed. They're at 30 and 26. They've won three in a row going into the break. They've actually won, I think, like six of seven. That one loss, the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets swept them last year. They get Spencer Dinwiddie. What concerns you about this uh, matchup? Well, first of all, this is maybe my favorite matchup for the Nuggets in the first round. Wow. And and it's mostly because of Jamal Murray's uh, matchup on, on offense or in defense. Uh, I, I feel like him being guarded by D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and Spencer DVD and, I don't know, Max Christie. I, I don't know. Who, Max Christie who, would be the guy. He, he would probably be the guy, but he's not the guy that the, the Lakers want uh, on, on the court for yeah. too many minutes, you know, for the offense. So that that feels pretty good. And if you look at the, the Jokic's matchup as well on the on the center, Sure, you you have Anthony Davis, who will be escaping from that that direct matchup, like 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 a like a devil from a from a cross. But you know, you still have Rui. By the way, do you know that Rui is the only foreign guy on the Lakers, including all the two-way guys? They have seventeen American guys and Rui 
So is that, can is that surprising to you? No, I mean it's because LeBron is a patriot. So yeah. <laughs> patriot. I mean you 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 can use a different word there as well, but I'm not going there. <laughs> but do you so, think honestly? So you do you think? But I wouldn't have guessed if you told me a team has only one foreign player. I wouldn't. Have, I would have been like, yeah, it sounds about right. There's probably a few teams. Yeah, I I, I would have to go through all thirty of them, but but uh, teams I've I've seen today yeah. seemed a, a lot more you know diverse than the Lakers. Okay. All right. What else with this matchup? So you you still have Rui, you have Anthony Davis, you have I I I guess you have uh, uh, um, I'm I'm blanking out. Um, Austin the Reed. other guy, no, the guy on the center, uh, the, the Jackson Hayes. I mean, I I don't oh, know. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know what's the plan. Yeah, they, they're actually smaller than. Than they were last year, so so those are the things that that make me feel well. I don't know. I mean, when you have LeBron and AD playing healthy, that's always scary, especially LeBron. I mean, AD will will drop thirty on you, and that could mean nothing in a game wise. Uh-huh. But LeBron is is the brain of the operation, and yeah, yeah, he he can play well with with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. He's just the defensive. Uh, part of the Lakers uh, uh, game that that makes me pretty comfortable in this in this matchup. Yeah. They're going to win the foul. The only reason you would fear this one and it didn't it didn't matter last year it wasn't really a storyline but the foul situation. Like the Lakers just get a lot of fouls. And any game yokes in foul trouble is going to be a one that they lose. And I would just always fear that. I will say that Anthony Davis against Jokic for whatever reason he doesn't get those draw like when he because he loves to face up take one dribble into your chest and rip his head back and again in my opinion none of these are fouls they should never call it but they don't call it when he plays Jokic a lot and he tries to he goes at it over and over again and they just always let Jokic play real defense but when I watch that I don't know why because other guys do like Embiid does similar things he gets the call so it's one of those ones where that would honestly be I would say probably my only concern in that series would be that the foul thing didn't rear its head this last time, but I wouldn't trust it, especially in a first round series. For some reason, like the Lakers made it to the Western Conference Finals. Maybe Adam Silver looks at this. Maybe the NBA looks at it and says, you know, we had our fun. We've got it farther enough. But in the first round, I would just be afraid of Yoke being in foul trouble. Yeah, the Lakers look really, really good against the Nuggets for 45 minutes of games. So, like, in the yeah. last seven games, they've been pretty good in those 45 minutes, right. and then they had zero chance in, in uh, when, when the game were deciding. So, I don't know. I feel really well about this matchup, even with the free throw disparity. I, I still feel like, like it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of too late for this kind of team to, to make a, a big push, I think. Do you think there's even a chance the Lakers miss the playoffs? I don't think they fall out of the play-in, but is there a chance? Like, what is the what is the chance in your mind that the Lakers just lose the play-in? Yeah, but it's just a cop-out answer if if one of LeBron or AD is not healthy for the play-in. That's the that, only way. I, I think so. Look at it right now. So look, look at it right now because you have New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento ahead of them. Only two of those teams would be in the play-in. Let's just say yeah. any of those three teams, and the Lakers currently are behind both all of those teams by three games. So they're already in a one and done like they'd have to beat the warriors which at this very moment i would call about 50 50 and if they won that they would have a one shot at sacramento dallas or the pelicans i would put all three of those series at best 50 50 so they have two 50 50 chances in my opinion of making the playoffs with where they sit right now and that's assuming nobody gets hurt and they fall even further in the standings i would honestly take only dallas over lakers of those three teams you've mentioned i don't trust new orleans I don't trust. I don't trust um, Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento against against healthy Lakers. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, it, it's it's what you mentioned earlier when people were distrusting Jokic and the Nuggets, and it makes sense because I really don't trust some of those teams because they haven't shown it yet in the playoffs. So that's that's 
that's an easy uh, out there, but uh, it is what it is. I, I really guys, feel that. You guys hear it here. Miroslav, he prefers teams with American rosters. Too many foreigners on Sacramento's team. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Hearing. Too, too yeah. international. Yeah. Too international. All right, let's go to the Kings here. The Kings seem to have Denver's number. And I've always thought Sabonis gave Jokic a hard time when they go head to head. Now, I always say, you, you know, Anthony Davis used to give Jokic a hard time head to head until it mattered. And I feel confident saying it would be the same thing. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing Jokic stop him once. Yeah, I would I would love this matchup as well. It's it's because I'm I'm higher on, on Domas Sabonis than most people. It's really good I'm right now. Def, I'm definitely not as high as Sacramento fans are. <laughs> like I would really like to see this matchup to to stop talking about Sabonis like uh, almost Jokic and and let's let's just call him a poor man's Jokic because it's really and it that it even that is not fair honestly because the, yeah he's averaging eight assists per game that's that's great but you know the 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 kinds of assists he makes it's not nearly as complex <laughs> as what Jokic all the anti Jokic arguments just packaged for Sabonis I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know, man. They, they they really need a lot of proving this season, especially Sabonis after the way they flamed out in the first round last year. So, yeah. and uh, and especially the way he he was, you know, ran out of court. So, uh, yeah, the, the Sacramento Kings are good. They have like really good nine, ten guys. Even they're pretty deep and. Uh, uh, I wouldn't feel as good as I would be uh, uh, against the uh, Lakers and, and Warriors. But then again, it's the prove it uh, uh, argument for me that, that kind of uh, calms yeah. me. Here's, here's what I would say about this matchup. A couple things. Number one, I do think the Sabonis part, like Jokic is really good at forcing bigs to score against them because most bigs scoring in volume is like a good strategy, you know, trying to think of like some examples of this where even bam out of bio, if it's like, okay, we're going to force our offense to be bam out of bio, getting a lot of shots, post-ups, even if he's making them like he's going to have to score 50 to beat the nuggets is high powered offense. So I worry about that because Sabonis is an example of a guy who can beat you in multiple ways and can put up a good number. He can put up a 30 point triple double in a playoffs. If you're trying to funnel offense to him. Number two, De'Aaron Fox, Quick guards seem to kill Denver, at, and obviously, and Fox is as quick as they come. He's a gamer, and I just think that him and Murray almost cancel each other out. Like, if you told me that series happened and who was better, even though Murray has been great in the playoffs, that's a Kentucky on Kentucky matchup, I just feel like it would probably be more of a coin flip than it would be Murray winning it. So you're talking about your two biggest matchups being there. And then lastly, the three-point shooting. Denver has this as well as Sacramento, but Sacramento seems to have it a little bit more in that they have more games where they score 16, 17, 18 threes. And all they would need is a handful of games, you know, one one or two games that went that way that you didn't expect. And all of a sudden it gets touchy. So this one actually scares me. I will not gonna, I'm not going to lie. I think Denver wins. Denver should not be afraid of a first round matchup. But as far as first round matchups go, this one might be my scariest. Yeah, you're right. It, it would be the biggest, uh, the biggest challenge for Jamal Murray. Darren Foxwood and and maybe on the other hand it would help Jamal get into the right mindset quicker than what he usually does in the playoffs. So it it I could see a pretty rocky first two games against Sacramento. Yeah. And if both of them are in Denver and they would probably be there, that would be a pretty dire situation if they would lose both home games against Sacramento. That that would be a real serious against them um so i think so um real quick before we get to dallas actually let's get to dallas in the segment we'll just keep going because i think sacramento and dallas are about even to me it's been fun doing this all nba show because i'm focused more on other teams than i have been in years past miroslav but with dallas is a team to me that people don't realize how unhealthy they've been for most of the year yeah, like they have true. they're a team that if denver had that health we would be using that excuse so much um they have Luka Doncic, who scares me as much as any singular player in the playoffs. He scares me just because he's such a good player, and I'm not sure you can shut him down the same way I'm not sure you can shut Jokic down. Kyrie is so much better than people realize, 
And I don't think Denver can guard Dallas. I think Denver can score on Dallas very easily, probably easier than most. But there's something about the drive and kick, get to the foul line, get the kick out for three versus Denver's more methodical, get to the mid-range, get to the post. That scares me just in terms of volume. Like you, you'd have to be pretty perfect offensively, I think, against Dallas because of, for those reasons, because the three versus two battle and because I don't think you can stop them that great. The emergence of Derek Lively is is pretty scary to me because he really is the Clint Capella to to Luka Doncic's uh, James Harden. It's 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 a tough matchup. I think Denver would have a lot of problems containing Dallas under like 115, 120 points uh, per game. I think this would be a high calorie series for sure. I of course think Denver is better than than, than Dallas, but. On the other hand, I think this series might have been uh, at least a six-game series if, if it if it happened in, in, in even in the first round. So, so yeah, I I I'm not really eager to play against Luca in the first round. That's always tough, and um, yeah, it's it's nobody would be able to guard anybody in this series. I believe. This might be another series where Michael Porter is a tough one in late games. Like if you go, if you're tied last five minutes and Michael Porter's on the court and the Mavs are being smart, putting him in pick and roll, you just put him every single time. Like Jokic and and, K, and MPJ are guarding pick and roll every single time. Murray is the low man. You stack the deck so that he has to be down there guarding below and, and rotating over. And I just think that's like I'm not counting on that to get stops. I'm really not. Now, I do think that Jokic is going, like, as good as Gafford has been, and he's great, by the way, on the offensive glass, which is Denver's ability to clean up the defensive glass is one of their strengths that I think is underrated in a playoff series. But now you give him Gafford, who's really good at offensive rebounding. Now that might not be as big of a strength as you need it to be. So that one scares me. But Lively, Gafford, and whoever else they want to throw out there as a post defender on Jokic, that's the easiest matchup you can give Jokic. I think Jokic's numbers in the series would be, I think he would have a 50-point game. I think he would probably average around 35 points. And I think that he would have it easy. And I think Murray would have it easy too. They have some guys, Josh Green, they have some defenders, but it's not their core lineups. Um, so I think that Denver's two guys would do. I just think this is a series that would go six or seven. And at the winner in each game would have 130 plus. What would be the percentage you would give Dallas to, to get through Denver this 45%. Season? Ooh. I believe that's, in them, man. I just that's think that, a lot. Well, again, they are like the Houston Rockets of old. Remember how bad Denver was against Harden's Rockets? Like they couldn't Absolutely. guard them. And Denver has gotten better. They've added some pieces that make them better. But that's the number one hardest type of offense for Denver specifically. Pick and roll with five shooters, four shooters, and a rim roller. That's the hardest thing for Denver to do given their personnel. And they are better than Harden's Rockets at it, in my opinion. They haven't shown it yet consistently because of health. But they're on a six-game win streak, and I just think people are going to start seeing it over the, the – this. Assume, assuming they stay healthy, I think people are going to be like, wow, that team is putting up 130 every night because they have two of the best offensive players in the NBA. Kyrie Irving, people hate on him. Guy's incredible, man. He is an incredible pick-and-roll scorer who can score at all four, three levels at, at a high rate. Yeah, and the difference between James Harden and Luka Doncic is Luka is huge. Yeah. I mean, James Harden is not a small guy, but Luka – can enforce enforce himself on you so he's not only foul hunting he's also able to to score near the rim almost every time so yeah i i agree i wouldn't feel great about playing against dallas in clutch as well right so yeah, yeah. I, i i agree it would be a coin flip especially in the close games but i still feel like like denver has the edge over over them uh and potentially finishing this series in, in like six games, yeah. not going to seven. The American Raptors, Colorado's only professional rugby team, is back. They'll kick off their 2024 Super Rugby Americas campaign in Argentina, and you can catch the games on ESPN right now. They are literally starting here, I think, in 10 minutes. Uh, you can check that one out. We're having a huge party at the DNVR bar right now for them. Some rugby players are along. What's even better is our guy Colton Strickler has you covered with all things Raptors with the DNVR Rugby podcast. He's covering them. And if you want to get down, if you're looking for a cool thing to do this summer, especially when it warms up, Infinity Park, the home of the American Raptors, 
is actually a really awesome venue for going and hanging out on a weekend while you watch one of these rugby tournaments or one of these rugby matches. Because one, it's a really nice park. You think it's going to be some little dump, like a high school, you know, football stadium or something like that. State of the art right there in Glendale. If you didn't, I, you wouldn't even know it was there. Then you go to it and you're like, wow, this is a really, really nice place. They have great vendors, but also rugby events are a lot of fun. People show up in costumes. The cheering is incredible. There's people from all over the world because rugby is an international sport. So you get this very international community uh, for you to go and hang out. So check them out. Check out the uh, DNVR Rugby's podcast. And then be sure to check out Infinity Park if you're looking for something to do. It's great, family-friendly, uh, something you can do this uh, summer if you're just looking for something for the family. Also want to tell you guys about Circa Resort and Casino. Vegas' first ever adults-only casino and resort. It's got the world's largest sports book. It's that three-story stadium-style sports book. Mirsav, you would have to see this place, man. I wish you could make it out to Vegas. Well, first of all, it'd be fun for you to see Vegas just in general. But you see this three-story sports book, man. It's like an IMAX theater that plays sports nonstop. It's an unbelievable place. There's VIP setting. There's a dugout club, a Legends club. There's all this cool stuff. We had guys out there for the Super Bowl. March Madness, we're going to have some people out there. Summer League, we're, of course, going to be there. And then not only do they have that awesome sports book, but they have an outdoor sports book that is their pool and sports book. So the, there's the pool and then a giant wall of enormous screen uh, televisions that are playing sports 24-7. You can bet straight from the pool. I'm telling you, Circa is the hotel and casino for people that like sports. Right now, you can download the CircaSports.com or download the app at CircaSports.com. Circa sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Colorado Sports encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ProblemGamblingColorado.org. All right. Let's get back into this now. We went just went through the play-in teams, and there were more teams than I expected. Like Dallas and Sacramento, to me, are legitimately scary. Golden State has the firepower. The Lakers can get calls. Whatever. The Pelicans, to me, are the most two-faced team I've ever seen in my life. If people get frustrated with the Denver Nuggets, if they don't like this version of the Nuggets that could lose to anyone, beat anyone, you would really hate New Orleans because on their best nights, they look like juggernauts, and on their worst nights, they look like a clown show. So do they scare you at all, Miroslav? They have a lot of guys. I, I can count like 11 guys I would trust to play uh, playoff minutes, serious yeah. play, playoff minutes. Super deep team. I think the best way to play against them is to blow them up because I'm not feeling great about playing them in close games. And that's because of Brandon Ingram. I'm a big hater of Brandon Ingram, but he's a guy who is like 6'9", shooting guard, that can get to his spot and 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 finish uh, above anybody uh, in the clutch, and that's that's one guy I'm I'm uh, mostly scared of in 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 those kinds of of um, close games. They have CJ McCollum, who's playing great this season. He is really efficient on on high volume from three. Zion is Zion. He's healthy this season, most of it. So. They have all of these guys and they have these really good defensive guys, but it's just that you see they're missing that that top 10 guy yeah. to, to, to really make, make uh, a lot of rumble against a team like the Nuggets. So this is the main reason I don't trust them. It's just that none of these guys uh, are good enough to, to face Jokic and, and get the win against him, I believe. This is a weird series where I think Murray would have a hard time. I think Herb Jones is a great defender. And I think Dyson Daniels, by the way, is hurt. And it's a big deal that he's hurt. He yeah. should be back in time to fully ramp up. I mean, they're saying four weeks. So in theory, if there's no setbacks, he should be back and available. And that would make a huge difference because he's a second defender to throw at at Murray. That, that could disrupt him. So Murray might actually have a bad series in this one. And that's always scary to think that can they win with Murray being average or below? I don't know. But I do think it's an incredibly easy Jokic series. And I think that there is an opportunity for it to be a somewhat easy series for a KCP, an MPJ, and an Aaron Gordon. So I think it's a series that Denver could play really well with everyone besides Murray. And most importantly, New Orleans is too hot and cold and mostly cold. And I think their offense is a bit of a grind. Even in a playoffs, I think it would become even more of a grind as you can wall off Zion and, and really make things difficult. That you They would have to count on their defense. 
and I think that Denver scores on them, but because of Jokic, I think their defense is just not as impressive against Denver specifically. So of the ones we talked about, the Lakers might be the easiest just because I think they suck. But the second one might be New Orleans. And again, it's not easy. I have too much respect for them. But they are a team to me that I go, they're really good, and I buy them to a certain extent, just not against Denver. I'm I'm over New Orleans. They they need to break that that big three up because they're not going anywhere with them. I, yeah. I have firm belief in that, and I agree with you that that this might be the easiest matchup so far for the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, let's go to the Phoenix Suns now. It starts to get juicy here. The Phoenix Suns, the five seed, as it sits right now, Miroslav. This is a first round matchup between the Nuggets and the Suns, and I'm not gonna lie. I kind of feel like Denver has a good chance of being the four seed, the three or four. I think they're more likely to be the three or the four or the as opposed to the one or the two as things sit right now. So the Suns, I don't really see them falling. I think five or six is going to be where they are. So I look at this one and I go, man, it's starting to get realistic that Denver might actually face up with the Phoenix Suns in the very first round. How do they match up? Well, they have Durant. They have Booker. They have Bradley Beal. They have Grayson Allen. They have Yusuf Nurkic, Eric Gordon, Royce O'Neal, sure, Josh Okogi. I just read seven guys, and that's probably as many as you can play in playoffs, maybe eight. But Yusuf Nurkic is the only big here, yeah, the only big guy there. So they would need to play Drew Eubanks. And, and how comfortable would they feel when Yusuf Nurkic eventually fouls out or, or gets in a into foul trouble during the, the match? So... Basically, just like in every other uh, Denver Nuggets Phoenix Suns uh, game in this uh, last iteration, it all goes on how many minutes is Yusuf Nurkic able to play against the Nuggets because he's a really good defender against Nikola. He 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 is a guy that will uh, make him work a lot. And he's also a pretty good offensive player as well, except on the tip-ins where he really sucks. But, but other than that, he's a really good uh, uh, paint presence for them, but I believe that the drop-off uh, to Drew Eubanks is pretty, pretty significant. So he was, what, a plus 45? Here, let me, let me give this perspective here, because as much as I think Jokic would destroy Nurkic, and we've seen it enough, Nurkic isn't the worst defender against Jokic, and he's yeah. obviously hyper-motivated in those matchups. He's going to try to talk trash. He's going to try to really get under Jokic's skin. And Jokic, I don't think, should let him. But we've seen Jokic before where we get frustrated with him because either somebody got under his skin or he doesn't seem to rise to the level emotionally and say, hey, man, Nurkic is at a 10 right now. You're at a 6. Like, you need to raise that. So I think Jokic would destroy Nurkic. But it is worth noting that Nurk, back in that series against the, the Portland Trailblazers, again, Denver was so shorthanded. Let's take it all with a grain of salt. He was a positive in every game except for game six. Only at the end was he a negative. And what happened in every game was Yoke just worked on him until he got in foul trouble, and then he went out and they they killed him. Now, maybe that was all part of a strategy, and Yoke could have been better in quarters one through three if he needed to be, and he was sacrificing dominance for foul drawing. It's possible. But I at least look at that and say, hmm, Nurkic did win those minutes in every game but one, and that could be a concern in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's it is true, and it's just that I think Nikola counts on on Yusuf making dumb fouls, <laughs> and and that's the way he he actually fouls out. He's he's playing uh, pretty good, you know, positional defense against Nikola, but he will he will hunt him on those ticky tack fouls, uh, and I, I I guess, I mean I don't know. It's it's playoffs, so you cannot toy in the playoffs. But uh, I I think Yusuf is one of the guys Nikola has been playing the most yeah. during their uh, respected N uh, uh, NBA careers. So I, I feel pretty confident about that one. On the other hand, I also think Jamal would have a relatively easy series against yeah. Phoenix because Phoenix is not a great defensive at all. team at all. So... so and I can and I can also see Michael Porter playing playing uh, good minutes in this series as well. Really? Yeah. De defensively? Yeah, defensively, because I don't see Phoenix like like a like a team that's that's hunting mismatches 
as well as the Warriors do. Like he can hold his ground playing one on one in isolations, and isolations is what Phoenix loves loves doing the most. So maybe maybe it's not a great matchup against Devin Booker, but I I feel like Michael can hold hold his own against uh, uh, KD uh, pretty well, considering how big of a gap in in quality of players those teams are. The Wait, scary what? thing about this one is it'd be series number one. You know, if they match up, it looks more likely that it would be round one than anything else. And round one, like, okay, you need Murray to be on his game. Like, he needs to have some big game. I actually thought in last year's playoffs, Murray was way more hit or miss than people remember in that yeah. series. I think everybody remembers him after that series, especially in games four, five and six, where he started to come on. But in games one through four, he was a distant third best player in that series. Yeah. It was Jokic was the best player, and Booker was actually right behind Jokic. He was that good for four yeah. games that it was close. Then if they would have lost, you know, game five, you might have switched that and said Booker was actually outplaying Jokic. That's how that's how unbelievable he was. KD was the next in that he was clearly above Jamal Murray, and there was a huge gap there before you got to Murray. And so that scares me. I think it was again a point you brought up earlier, and a point I've been hammering home that this narrative that. Murray's always great in the playoffs. He definitely raises his ceiling early on, even in the first round, but that his his consistency doesn't really seem to arrive until later on in a series. Even if you go back to the bubble, game one against Utah, unbelievable 50 points or whatever he had. Games two, three, and four, it's like a little bit more, you know, or two and three in particular, a little bit more hit or miss. So for me, that series would scare me because I would be afraid that Phoenix would end up having three of the top four players as opposed to just like two and two and let's see what happens yeah, jamal is just an adrenaline junkie it's it's just <laughs> it's just crazy to see the rise he he, he, he feels every every time around you cannot explain it any different because you know he can do all of those things it's just that i mean i'm i'm actually done talking about jamal in regular season it's like come on man like like do something, you know the meme. Yeah. Like it's just, it just, it is what it is. It's been eight years of that, you know, minus the, the injured season. So yeah, it, it is what it is, and we we feel we have our guy to 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 be the the the, the correct um, uh, um, sidekick to to Nikola, and and it should be fine. Do you guys have this in Europe in Euro League? Are there guys that just like? are half acid or whatever you want to say and then the playoffs come and it's like oh we all know he's there in the playoffs yeah i, I mean the first guy that comes to mind was jarko paspal jarko oh yeah paspal was, was a guy who was a big smoker and you know but he, he was just <laughs> he was just yeah it, it was the 80s come on <laughs> I love that we're, comparing, we're comparing jamal freaking murray <laughs> with the guys that used to like smoke cigarettes and drink beer and have fun. i mean we are scaling down to Euroleague. Come on. okay I mean, right. we, we have to take this with, with a grain of salt yeah but but you know th those were the guys that that i i just feel like i don't know I, i'm not even sure that he's not in top physical shape to be honest because if he weren't in the top physical shape then he wouldn't have a boston game that, yeah. that we just saw like like what two weeks ago so yeah i, I don't know what it is and it's just it, it, it's what we have to live with and we let's just not announce any any years of jamal murray in in, in the future so those are all the teams we talked about so far are the first round potential matchups. Every single one of them is a possibility for Denver at this very moment, in my opinion, because Denver can finish one through four and any of those teams can finish five through eight. Of those teams, which one do you think would bring the most intensity? Not necessarily be the hardest, but just like the feelings that you would feel if you said, oh man, that's our matchup would be the most intense. Out of these, we already mentioned I, I would say Phoenix Suns. It's probably because of the of the uh, big uh, uh, big narrative that will that would go around this this series. And you know, uh, uh, NBA uh, announcers love big stars, and KD and Devin Booker definitely are in that group. So yeah, that that would probably feel feel uh, uh, the most pressure. But on the other hand. I don't think the Phoenix Suns are are as hard of a matchup as as some of our these other teams we we also mentioned. 
I think it's probably Suns too, only because the Lakers have already been vanquished. I don't yeah. think there's enough history between Sacramento and Dallas, even though Dallas would probably scare me as much as Phoenix, yeah. if not more. Um, just you know, just in pure fear. The Warriors would be a lot of fun. There's a lot of Warriors fans. I think I think it would be weird. You would see that Denver, Denver would have um we haven't been in a series other than the Lakers one, which I think mentally you're prepared for, where everybody would be pulling for the other way. And that would be a series where everyone would be pulling for the Warriors. So, and you would feel it. You would kind of feel it. So that would be it. But it's look, it's the Suns, man. We hate the Suns. They think they're us. We're us. We know that. Um, all right, let's go to a potential second round matchups. The Clippers. What's going on with this matchup here? You know, Adam, when you go to the basketball reference page of, of the Clippers franchise, you have the 12 guys that made the biggest impact in, in the franchise history. You know who's the number two guy on that list? Who's that? DeAndre Jordan. So I love DeAndre. He's our guy. <laughs> but he's definitely not one of the top 60 players in NBA history. Like this is this is what you would expect from the second most impactful player in, in franchise history. It's just that I don't I don't believe in the Clippers. I'm I'm like pulling a pulling a a, a Bill Simmons now yeah. and saying like like they will find a way to crumble again. And even though they have a really really good team this time around, I just I just I just can't let let them be in the same place where the Sacramento Kings are and New Orleans Pelicans are. Show it to me. Like, show it to me that you can get to the Western Conference Finals without Denver being injured in that in that particular particular season. That, I don't that know. That is a thing. It, that is an interesting thing. It is a point. good team, but I just don't trust the 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 karma, I guess. It is interesting to think that if Denver faced them, it's likely in the third round, not the second. Just, I mean, we'll see how things shake out. But so that is an interesting piece because you're right. They, by in theory, those guys can't stay healthy, and they would not just have to stay healthy till then, but then all the way through. And there's something to that. I think they would have a coaching advantage because I think Ty Lue's a really good coach, um, and and also because things are a little bit simpler for that team. They're wing heavy, like the, you don't have to split the atom to make adjustments for them. Um, and they do have the bigs. Like it just scares me. I think Yoke kills all those guys as individuals, but there's no. You broke through the first line and got the second. The difference between Zubats and Plumley is so tiny yeah. that it's almost like you're playing against a guy with with twelve fouls, <laughs> you know. And I and that's the part that scares me. So it, it's like it's like uh, Michael. Jo uh, sorry, uh, it, it's like Shaq playing against three centers from Chicago Bulls, like right back back in, in yep. the day. Yeah. Yep. So that matters a little bit. I think that the thing that I like is that I think Aaron Gordon is a one of the best Kawhi defenders in the league. And I think they need Kawhi quite a bit. But the thing that scares me is I think James Harden, the people don't know that this is how I would describe the Clippers. And they're really freaking good. They might be my number one team I'm scared of now in the playoffs as a whole. But what scares me about them is I think they are now James Harden's team where Kawhi Leonard is the alpha. It's very weird. It's almost like what a team would look like if you paired LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, where you're like, who's the... You know, it's LeBron's team. He runs the show. But when things get tough, we go to Kobe and he does his thing. And I just feel like that's the dynamic where Harden is the guy to me that is scarier because of what he does. And now what he does in playoffs, it tends to be choke. But can Denver get to that point? Can they put that pressure and that fear on him? I think you would have to do that. And I would just be a little concerned with it. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 three guys that can that can. Uh... Well, if you count Russell Westbrook, you have four guys that that can uh, make their own shots, and that's always scary. And I agree that their their collective uh, uh, their collective uh, player qualities is really really high. I'm higher on Ivica Zubac than most people. Like I I really believe that he is a better Jokic. Uh, uh, yeah, defender than Plumley. Did you see that statistic? The little box where it showed how many people have defended Jokic the most versus who has defended him best. And Zubats was like the best defender that, at least in terms of Jokic's field goal percentage. I know not the best metric. Jokic's field goal percentage. Zubats is very smart and he's huge, so you know that 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 helps a lot. And yeah, I I think Nikola would be hunting for for fouling out Zubats in that matchup. 
as well is just that do you think they can assemble a two-man defense against Nikola well? Who would be the second guy? No, I don't. Do you? That's a that's a big thing. That's a big thing. If they would choose to 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 play Nikola straight up, I think Nikola can can uh, can uh, can overcome any of the uh, any of his uh, uh, you know defenders and and score a lot on that team. I do think that Peyton and Christian would have to be really good in that series. Um, that's a series that they'd have to step up in. Good we got to wrap up here quickly. Here, Oklahoma City Thunder. This is the one to me, and I feel cocky saying this because I love this team. And I, I, this takes this is more about matchup than it is anything else. I think Denver rolls in the series. If they played Oklahoma City, I would feel really confident. Shea is great, but I think Jokic eats so comfortably in this series. And their little gimmick of taking, you know, somebody taking Chet off of Yoke, they, Denver would smash that in a playoff series. So to me, this is the best team that I think Denver would actually boat race. You know, Shea is not a guy with a playoff resume. He is. He he does have like like nine free throws per game this season, which is one of the top free throw uh, attempt guys in the league. But we've seen him in a match where you don't get free throws as, as a gift. And that was a semifinal game of the FIBA World Cup against Serbia. When the, when the refs uh, swallow their whistle, you will get less points from, from, from Shea, especially in the clutch. So I don't, I don't trust him uh to be as a, as a great player as he is right now he is he he probably is an mvp so far of the league but i don't think he would look as an undisputed mvp against the nuggets in a playoff series probably not at all like chad holmgren is my favorite non nugget right now but still we need to see him in the in the playoffs as well this team feels feels like like the Nuggets from four years ago, so they they could be really really good. It's just not their time, I believe. Still, and the last one and maybe the best one to say for last is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, this one scares me. I feel in my heart of hearts that Denver would eke out a seven game series against Minnesota, be, and it would be ugly and it would be an uncomfortable series the whole way through because it's just like. It's just gritty and grind. It's ugly, you know. That's we want Yoke and Murray to go off and it to be triple doubles and forty point games. And I just don't think it would. I think it would be grinded out games every time. And even in the clutch, Denver shooting like thirty percent. But I just think Denver would ultimately win in the ugliest possible way. Let me just give you a series of dumb questions. So, who would be the best player in this series? Jokic. What is the percentage for Jamal to be the second best player in this series against Anthony Edwards, of course? Well, I might be Rudy Gobert, to be honest with you. And that, that, that part of the, I think the odds would be higher for him than for any other player, but that they would have two players with a meaningful ability to impact that series in another way. And again, I think that's a little, dis, it almost disguises because as much as that we can go through that and, and frame it that way, it really is they have the perfect people to defend Jokic and they have the perfect people to defend Murray. And really anytime don't. you look at it and go, okay, your two best guys have it the hardest route to go. Even when you start to play all the other numbers and yeah, but they're the best player. It just, it, it washes out a little bit. And that's why I fear it. And institutional knowledge. Like nobody knows the nuggets like that team. And I think that's why you saw in the series. That's the one series Miroslav last year that got harder as it went on, not easier. Every other series got easier as it went on. Uh, the only reason uh, I would be confident in the Nuggets in this series is because it would be in the third round, probably. So yeah. we would get the top-level Jamal by then. And and because if the Timberwolves were completely healthy last season, that would be a really messy series, I I believe. It would be by far the, the, the strongest series against the Nuggets last season. So I agree with you. For me, the Timberwolves are the biggest threat and uh, what's more in interestingly enough for me, it's because of the collective the Timberwolves uh, uh, have. It's not about the top player they have because Anthony Edwards is not a top 10 player right. in the league, but the collective around him is really, really damn good. 
So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I would I would give the Nuggets sixty percent chance of winning the series against the the Timberwolves, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a seven game series. Miroslav, you're always an awesome guest. Do you want to hang out? We talk, we catch up. If it's not too late for you, hang out as we get off here and, and we'll catch up. But I wanted, so I'll say goodbye to you now because I wanted to take a moment to bring on Super Producer Kale. So, Miroslav, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to come tomorrow at 2 p.m. for Serbian Corner. I'm going to have a great uh, battle for the MVP of the All-Star Game show. <laughs> it's going to be a game show. So yeah, it's gonna be way better than what NBA offers offers with their uh, All Star Weekend. So Mir- Miroslav, the only person you and Kale, the only people on staff that did not duck out a day early. Mm, I can't believe it. Well done, Miroslav. <laughs> Super producer Kale. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kale is always behind the ones and twos. He makes the show happen. He makes the show run. Uh, and he rarely gets a chance to hop in front of the mic. So, Kale, I thought I'd get you on so you can share your hot basketball takes, your hot Denver Nuggets takes. Uh, I don't really have a, a hot take. I just think everybody needs to chill. Like, <laughs> even, like That's my biggest takeaway right now. I just think everybody needs to take a chill pill. Dude, um, I feel like Kale telling you to take a chill pill is – that's like – that's like um, me telling people to calm down, I guess. I don't know. Me, you know what I mean? Like if you're telling people to calm down, then it's real. Yeah. It's just like, I, I guess my my biggest thing is like, and I feel this way about the abs too, who are sort of reeling right now too. But like both of these cores already delivered championships. Like that's yeah. what we should expect out of them. The rest is kind of gravy. Yeah. If we don't get enough, I, I obviously want them to win again this year and want them to give us another title, but I'm just trying to enjoy it while these guys are still in town. You never know how long you have with True. watching these guys on a night in and night out basis. And I, I, I mean, dude, I just love basketball and the night in night out routine of watching basketball with my friends and making a show. I really like, like all that has been good and I'm still enjoying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to keep it going time and time again. I will say this though, Kale, and I'm curious what you think. There's that line in Mad Men, you know, everybody says what, what's happiness. It's that moment. It's a fleeting moment before you need more happiness. That's how I feel about the championship where I'm like, it was awesome and validating and I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's everything. But now I feel exactly like I did last February 16th. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, great reference, by the way. That's my favorite show of all time. Uh, But uh, yeah, I agree. It is, it is sort of interesting how much you do just get back in the throes of, you know, questioning coaching decisions down the last five minutes of games every night you know like even i I, it's been funny watching you do this all nba show because it it really has made me realize every fan base is different but every fan base is kind of the same for the exact same i got warriors fans after four championships in the chat complaining about steve curse bro they're they are not happy at all (laughs) (laughs) they were actually the first one to make me realize this is i was like my good friends with sam esfendiari and i always watch like i talk to him almost every day and he'll be complaining about steve kerr's rotations and he doesn't trust the young guys i'm always like you've had the greatest 10-year run that you can possibly have (laughs) and you're having the same conversations as me with the same tone and and everything else so it, it has taught me a real lesson there yeah so i guess that's sort of what i've learned recently but at the same time like it's just a, it's such a like Jokic still on a nightly basis even on his bad nights which don't happen very often does one or two things a game that i've literally never seen before and just makes me cackle like a small child with joy and what a joy that there's an athlete in my city that gets to bring me that type of enjoyment and yeah. so I'm, I'm really just trying to enjoy it as much as possible. Not saying I don't get frustrated, not saying I don't, you know, all that, but uh, I, I, I'm just trying to enjoy the ride as much as we can. Not that I don't want them to win again this year because boy, I would love to cover another finals. That would be a blast, man. Even just every round, like you forget the winning moment of every round. You can remember them all. Cause they're so big. You know what I mean? Like I remember the, even going back to the bubble and everything else, you just remember what it was like when the nuggets close it out and you're like, Hell yeah. Another playoff round one. It's so fun. I mean, every individual like game, even the one win we had against the Warriors the year we lost in five to them, like that was an all-time night at the bar, you know? Yeah. And it yep. that ended up being like it was the only win we got that whole playoffs. Yeah. But after Yoke's second MVP and that, like it was such a great night. Like every little moment like that, you're just chasing that, you know? So I, I, remember, I hope we get more of them. 
I can't remember what one of the ones I don't remember if it was the Clippers one. I think it was the Clippers one, but maybe it was the the Utah one in the bubble because at that time the bar couldn't have that many people inside. Oh, you know, yeah, like we, we could have like we had like a fifteen person max or something. But I remember jumping up like on a table just in pure adrenaline and giving a speech or something. And it's like you forget how fun it is just win and close out a series. It's the funnest thing on earth. Oh, the night the night the Clippers series ended, we were in the oh. bar till like. 3 45 a.m like everything was shut down we were just like sitting talking i mean because that was the first time they had been to the western conference finals yeah. i was in elementary school yeah like it was like it had been a long time coming and it was fun to do that and the totally. show was really taken off so those moments are really special Wait, do you have a team that you hope the nuggets face in this run in the first round no no I, no, no no in this run if you just said i hope that they match up with this team at some point because it would be fun as hell I want to. I want to vanquish the Warriors. That's the one. Like that's, right, that's still my time. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I want to vanquish the Warriors. They're the one that I, I feel like you know the the reigning dynasty. They've had their time. I'd like to you know put an end to that and assert ourselves as the next coming. You know, I think that'd yeah. be fun. Um, Kale, any other hot? Give us one hot take before you get out. Ooh, one hot take. Uh, I'll steal one of yours, uh, uh, but I, I I do feel good about Jokic having another perfect triple double. Uh, yeah. We're running out of chances, but I, you know what? Let's do it, man. I love that one. If I get that one right, two perfect triple doubles, that would be an incredible that clip prediction. Would go crazy. <laughs> that clip would go absolutely nuts. Uh, Kale, you're the best. Thank you so much for for producing today and for producing always. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us, man. I'm gonna take a much needed vacation for the next several days with my family. I cannot wait, but I will miss you guys in the meantime. And I'll be back. Harrison will be back. Then Vote gets back. Then I get back. Then Eric gets back. So we will be back piece by piece over these next couple of days. So everybody hit that like button. Take a little break yourselves. And we'll come back on Tuesday rejuvenated and refreshed. We'll see you then. We all city like the mayor. 